0: Wealth Tactic Rebels, ingenious tactics to accumulate wealth for people who see things differently.
1: Welcome to another Wealth Tactic Rebels discussion, the podcast for people who see things differently. I'm your host, Kevin Dumont, and I've been thinking differently in the wealth field for nearly 15 years now. Today, I'm joined by lovely guest, Laura Briggs. Laura, how are you today?
0: I am doing well. Excited to be here and chatting with you.
1: Well, thank you. We appreciate you taking your time to join us today. And Laura is a freelancer, author, speaker, and otherwise known as a very busy person. And what we're going to talk about today is something that Laura really relates with, and that's the financial impact of working for yourself. We always do talk about going against the grain here and Wealth Tactic Rebels. And, well, working for yourself is not your average nine-to-five job. It has a pretty big impact on yourself financially, hopefully in a positive way. But there's a lot of hoops and struggles along the way. Laura, let's talk about a little bit about you. (laughs) Would you mind sharing a little bit about your background and what inspired you to get to where you are today?
0: Sure. So I have a background working in corporate America in financial services and life insurance, and then also as a middle school teacher Mm -hmm. and kind of realized that neither one of those was the perfect fit for me. So as many people do, I turned to a side hustle. And that side hustle was working as a digital freelance writer. My business ultimately grew to the point where it was too hard for me to hold down my day job and side hustle. So I moved that side hustle into my full time. And that's what I've been doing for the last six years.
1: That's good. There's a lot of positive working for yourself. Like, well, I was going to say you are your own boss, but sometimes I'm not sure if your own (laughs) boss is really a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know about you, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, it can go either way. Sometimes we tend to be more committed and dedicated and work harder because it's your own venture.
1: Right. Exactly. I know. (laughs) I'm a tougher boss in myself than I think almost any boss I've ever had.
0: Yes,
1: (laughs) me too. So... Laura, let's kind of jump in and start talking about what are the pros and cons about working for yourself, other than obviously being hard on yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I would say the pros are freedom and flexibility. Now, as we just mentioned, we tend to work quite a bit. So it's kind of like deciding how you'd like to spend your 40 to 60 hours (laughs) per week rather than saying, oh, this only happens between 9 to 5, Monday, to Friday. Right. I think that's a big one. I think the potential to make more money, even if you're in a decently paying job, there's only so many promotions and raises that you could get. Whereas when you work for yourself, you set your rates or your fees and can add things in or remove them as it makes sense. So usually, there's more income flexibility in working for yourself. I would say those things. And then also, as a freelancer or service provider, I get to decide who I work with. So if someone's really difficult or just not the right fit, I can say no. Whereas if yep. you're in a corporate job, the customer is always right. There might be different rules around that. I would say those are the biggest pros. The cons are that you are your own boss. And so a lot of times you have to work many, many hours, especially when you're in the startup phase to make this into a thing where you have consistent income, you feel comfortable, also paying your own taxes, like you don't necessarily get that money dropped into your bank account every two weeks working for yourself unless you've set that up from day one you also Mm -hmm. have to account for self-employment tax Medicare Social Security here in the United States and then income tax as well and that was something that tripped me up quite a bit like well how much do I set aside from what I'm bringing in to be able to cover that sort of thing so those can be some of the cons and then I would also say just your business bleeds over into every area of your life while you're running while you're doing errands while you're folding laundry your brain is still going so it's not as easy as like in a job you close your computer computer, you shut down, you push your chair in and you walk away and commute home. Right. Whereas this is something that because so much of it is in your mind, it's always around.
1: It's always around. Yeah, I agree. I know just in this podcast, when I started this for the better part of the first year, there's a lot of prep work that comes before you actually start the podcast. Yeah. Especially for me, I've never done this sort of thing. I've never been into marketing and shows and things like that. So, I had to do a lot of research before I started the podcast. And I'll tell you, I spent so many nights and weekends working on it. And then when I wasn't, I don't know how many times I laid <laughs> awake in bed, just thinking about, <laughs> okay, what do I have to, you know, the next next step and how am I going to handle this? And Oh, like this idea pops into my head and I start thinking about it, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. It follows you everywhere. Everywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even on vacation, I'll tell you. If you start working for yourself and your mind's always turning, you go on vacation. I don't know about you, but I found I need roughly 3 days, maybe 4 days sometimes before my mind finally stops <laughs> and I can actually yes. get into vacation mode. Yes,
0: I feel the same way. Every time we go on vacation, it usually takes that 2-3 to three days of being fully disconnected to go like, okay, now I feel relaxed. I'm in vacation mode again.
1: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad I'm not the only one that feeling that way, by the way. <laughs> made me feel a little bit better because I was like, geez, yeah. why am I... You know, must be something wrong with me. It takes me too long to relax. <laughs>
0: no, I think that's very true of most entrepreneurs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we have a good pros and cons list that our listeners, if they're thinking about working for themselves, can kind of weigh the two against each other. I don't know if you did that. I didn't do it. I just jumped on into <laughs> whatever yeah. I was doing. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did the same.
0: I kind of learned the hard way. But I always feel like the cons of working for yourself, like the pros to me, count so much more. So it's like any job or career you have is going to have some negative aspects. It's how much can you deal with the negative aspects or acknowledge that it's just part of the journey. And for me, it's so much better than some of the negatives of some of my
1: other jobs. Right. Yep. I agree. So next step is you already mentioned that financially speaking, working for yourself can be more flexible. How has it impacted you financially speaking?
0: Well, I grew my business pretty quickly after leaving my full-time job. Once I was able to dedicate more like 40 hours a week to it instead of 10, I saw my revenue increase significantly. So I've been able to scale my business to the six-figure point for the last several years. It's been there. And instead, I've gotten better about how many hours it takes me to hit that. So I look for ways that I can diversify my income. Because if I'm just sitting and typing all day long for clients... I have a cap with that, right? So there's only so many hours, so many words I can type, and then I'll eventually just hit my fastest speed. So for me, it's been about evolving as a business owner. How do I fold in other things that are more passive or that help to break up my day so that Mm -hmm. I don't just feel like I'm writing nine hours a day as well? So I think that's one of the cool things about owning a business is evolving it.
1: Right, right. So you've evolved and you've been able to branch out income wise. One of your solutions is like you're saying, I only have so many hours in a day that I can work. So it does sort of limit my income, I have to find more solutions to be more efficient to make more money, right? What have you done for that?
0: Well, I'm always raising my rates as well. So Mm -hmm. that's another thing where I make sure that the hours I am working, I'm working with the best sort of clients for me. So the ones who are paying the best rates, the work I enjoy the most. So I've gotten pickier about who I work with because of that. I've also looked for ways that I can not just get paid once for something. So for example, if I create a blog post for a client, they use it, great, I get paid one time. It's easier for me to bring them on on retainer where I'm consistently doing work. And then I look for other avenues like books, courses, Coaching, things where there's additional revenue streams where I might charge a little bit differently than my writing services. Mm-hmm. And I try to build in as much, you know, I don't believe that really anything is truly passive income. Everything takes a little bit of work at, exactly. least to, at least to set it up and to keep it in maintenance mode. Right. But I look for ways that I can do that better. You know, if I have a course that's evergreen, how can I set up this funnel so that it sells evergreen? I sell all of my old lesson plans mm-hmm. on a site called Teachers Pay Teachers. I have to do very little work, like less than half an hour a month for that, but it generates five to $600 a month. So for me, that's more like true passive income, but it took a long time to get to that point, right? Right. So I'm always looking for opportunities to improve.
1: Very nice. So you have multiple income streams, basically for the reason of you want to increase your income efficiently, you know? Yeah.
0: And I wanted to bulletproof my business too, because right. I thought, what if I get carpal tunnel or something and I literally can't type anymore? Or what if my right. biggest client like lets me go? I never wanted my income or my business to be so reliant on one particular thing. So right. I know that if I have five or six clients and one cancels, or if we come to an actual close with that relationship, I can decide where to go from there. Do I put that extra energy into one of my other pipelines? Mm-hmm. Or do I try to bring on another client? But I never wanted to feel like Everything was reliant on one source of marketing leads or one particular client or one skill. And that way, it's more diversified. So I know that even if everything else shuts down, and I've been writing my blogs, there's still a couple of income streams that are set up to run more automatically. So it, it wouldn't be starting from
1: zero. Yeah, very good. Of course. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yes. You know, I mean, I think we've all heard of that one. But it definitely applies when you're in business with yourself. Because like you said, if... Something happens and, you know, anything can happen in any given day. Mm -hmm. You're driving on the road, you can get hit by a truck. Yeah. Plane can fly into a building. (laughs) You know what I mean? You just don't know what's going to happen in any given day and you lose something completely. You've got to have something else you can count on.
0: Yeah, I was doing some research for a client the other day on disability insurance. And I found a statistic that for people age 20 and older, there's a 25% chance you're going to have at least one year of your life where you sustain some type of disability or in an accident, or you're not able to work like you used to. So for me, it's like, okay, I want to like hedge against that potential risk of thinking about different ways that I could continue to support myself or evolve if I needed to. And I think that's just, you know, smart planning.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. This kind of goes along with the Wealth Tactic Rebels philosophy, where we believe that you have a lot more to be had by first avoiding a loss before you go chasing rates of return. And that's what you're doing. You're hedging against that potential loss to make sure that you have a base to cover you.
0: Yeah. And even if you can't fully protect yourself against the unknown, because that's Mm -hmm. essentially, you don't know what could happen. You can minimize how much it hurts you, right? So if you right. have savings and if you have passive income streams, you're going to take a hit potentially, but it's sure. not going to be the devastating like, oh, all of a sudden I can't work and now I have $0 in income, right. $0 in savings.
1: Right, right. You know, and this is something I do talk about or we talk about with some of our clients sometimes too is the basic setup that most people have when they come in our door is the same mainstream setup. You put your money into your 401k. And you pay off your home. Mm -hmm. And that's what most people are doing the most of. So, when they come in and see us, okay, what happens if, like you say, you get that disability or if something else happens and you can't work for a while and you're out of a job? Where are you going to get your money from? How are you going to cover yourself? How are you going to pay that mortgage? How are you going to Mm -hmm. be able to keep the home if you can't pay the mortgage? Yeah. Because they don't have access to their capital because they're putting it in places that it's not accessible. So, one of those basic considerations to being able to hedge against problems in the future is not only to have money, but to have access to it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. even more important than having it. Because if you don't have access to it, it doesn't do you any good.
0: Or you get pushed into the situation of like, oh, now we have to sell the house because it's It's like a fire sale. You know, you don't want to be in that position. Yeah. You want to make that choice if and when it's right for you rather than feeling like you're backed into a corner
1: with something. Exactly. (laughs) Because like you said, when you don't have a job and you have no income... You go to the bank and ask them for a loan to get you by for a few months. They're going to say, sorry, you don't have an income. We're not giving it to you. So you're stuck. You're back up against the wall. Maybe selling your home is the only thing if you have equity in it.
0: Right, right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's what happened to a lot of people in 2008, 2009, right? Mm -hmm. Value of the home plummeted. A lot of people found themselves underwater all of a sudden and without a job.
0: Yeah. And that's very dangerous. And it's just a good idea to, you know, not living in that like fear mentality, but being a realist and saying like, this could potentially happen. If it does, I've covered myself in X, Y, and Z way so that at least I won't be going all the way back to the zero points trying to rebuild from there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any tips of things that you've experienced? Because you have set up yourself up so that you have some sort of hedge and protection against potential for the future. Because everyone's plans can be a little bit different. But do you have any tips of what our listeners could look for to kind of help create more income streams?
0: Yeah. So look for things that a lot of other people have questions about. A lot of times, <laughs> um, when I was just doing freelance writing, I had multiple people ask me, "Oh, well, how can I get started? How can I do what you do?" And I was like, you know, like I can't like counsel every single person for free on how to start. But I was like, right, maybe right. this is a course. Maybe this is a book. Maybe this is a passive income product that I sell over an email newsletter list. I create it once. I take all the questions I've gotten from people over the years and build it into that. Also, I think from day one, you start building your in the publishing world is called your platform. These are your followers. How are people going to find you? Is that LinkedIn? Is that your website? Is that a Facebook right. group where you're active? Start building that platform so that you have right. a, sort of an audience of people that are interested in listening to you to begin with. It's much easier to sell to them than to somebody who's essentially a cold customer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, true. It makes me think of... Um, I don't know why this popped into my head, but you ever see that Modern Family? I haven't, it Modern no. Family? No, no. Yeah. No, wait a minute. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Where the daughter goes to college and then she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life and she can't figure it out and she's not happy with any of the paths of traditional thinking. But you know what she's really good at is Instagram. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, she has this huge following Instagram. So by chance, she ends up doing promoting for this nightclub. Mm -hmm. And the nightclub is like, saved. they get tons of people coming. And then she builds that into a business of doing promotion for people through social media. And that's what she ends up doing. Because she's really good at developing that following and getting people to listen.
0: Yeah. And that's another really good point is you don't have to build businesses today that you would have 20 or 30 years ago, you don't necessarily need to go out and get a capital loan to start you off of $25,000. Look for things that interest you or that you're naturally good at. And when people ask you about it, you're like, wait, you don't know how to do that? You don't know how to build an Instagram following? Like, hmm, maybe that's like a sweet spot for me. And I could help other people do that or teach other people to do what I do. Those are sort of your natural places to jump in with passive income products.
1: Yep. Agreed. So before we're closing for today, I'm going to ask you for our Wealth Tactic Rebel style value bomb, which is something that in your experience, our listeners could look to avoid doing and then something they can do to help about that. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so I speak from personal experience here. When you start your business, especially if it is an at home, self-employed business. Get yourself an accountant and CPA who knows how to do taxes and planning for an at-home business owner. Because what I learned is that not all CPAs are created equal. And the one who did my taxes the first year, like had, you know, great reviews for tax returns, but did not claim all the deductions that I could have claimed and wasn't really prepared when I say had a 1099 that was counting the same money like from the client and then from like a third party source like PayPal, he wasn't really equipped to go back to the IRS and clarify that we're talking about the same $1 here, like I didn't under So I strongly recommend look for somebody who has experience in all aspects of home business ownership. You want to be protected when you file, you want to be protected after you file. If you get audited, the IRS has years to be able to look at your tax returns. So hire somebody who's done that before. Um, I really think that that can save you not just money, but a lot of anxiety and concern. And it should also be someone who can tell you, like my accountants were telling me for months, like, hello, you need to go S-Corp, like S-Corp, S-Corp. Like for me, I I wouldn't have known that. Like to have someone else tell you, hey, you're getting to the point where financially or with an LLC liability wise, this is what you need to do. So it's very helpful to have those outside professionals from day one, treat it like a business and have the accountants that can help you with that.
1: Great advice. I agree. Having a professional knows what they're doing. (laughs) 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 Definitely makes a difference. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to share with our Well-Touched Rebels listeners today?
0: No, feel free if you're interested in freelancing and, or building a service-based business. I have a, a podcast called Advanced Freelancing if you want to check that out where I sort of chime in about what's going on in the gig economy and online work world.
1: Sounds good. And of course, Laura, we're going to put your contact information on the show notes page for today's episode. So, Wealth Tactic Rebels listeners, you can go to wealthtacticrebels.com and look for the episode on financial impact of working for yourself, and we're going to have webpage and whatever else she wants me to put on there with Laura, anything else you want. And also, if you would do us a favor, go to our Wealth Tactic Rebels Facebook page and just drop us a quick message. Let us know what you think about today's episode and specifically, what tips did Laura give today that you find are going to be helpful for you in your business or potential future business pursuit? And again, thank you, Laura, so much for sharing your time and your knowledge today with our listeners. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We had a good time. We had a great conversation. Have a great day yourself and well Tactic Rebel listeners. Have a great day.
0: Want to really see things differently? Take our course Ingenious Genius Tactics 201, where we teach you all the wealth-accumulating tactics with detailed real-life examples, see your progress with quizzes, and a certificate of completion. For course details, visit WealthTacticRebels.com. Sign up today and start seeing things differently.
1: This presentation is intended as informational only. Information presented does not consider your particular financial objectives, risk tolerance, time horizon, or other unique circumstances, and does not constitute a personalized recommendation or replace the advice of a financial, tax, or legal advisor or other qualified professionals. Do your own research and do not use the information of this presentation in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional. To the best of our ability, we provide content that is accurate as of the date of release. However, we give no assurance or guarantee regarding its accuracy, timeliness, completeness, or applicability. We assume no liability for the information of this and related presentations.